Hey, podcast people, how's it going? Azrin, the language nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Tuesday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, and of course on TikTok. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin, that is spelled P-O-L-Y, G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social network is. So again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. I want to share a whole bunch of different uh, things today, some of which are language learning related, as per always, and some of which that are not related to language learning. So the first thing is something I'm really excited about. For those of you who've listened to the most recent podcast episodes, the past, let's say, two, three, four of them, you know that I started a brand new project, which is creating essentially a free beginner course for French and Spanish learners on YouTube. Um... I'm really excited about it. It's going really well. I've started it. There's about three hours, give or take, of content for Spanish. And there's about one hour, a little bit less, of content for French as I'm recording this podcast. And I am really excited to keep going. I'm excited to keep chipping chipping away. I think one of the things that I was thinking about when I was making this course is I want to get rid of every single excuse. What I mean by this is often when we're learning another language, there's different reasons or roadblocks or challenges or excuses that come up that prevent us from learning further. Sometimes it could be, oh my God, I was taking this class, but the teacher is so boring. Or it could be, I was using this program, but then it wasn't very useful for me anymore. I wasn't learning anymore. Or maybe it's something like, oh, I don't have the time. Or maybe whatever it is, I don't have money to learn a language. There's all of these different obstacles that arise when we are learning another language. And my thing, what I'm trying to do with this course is I'm trying to remove more obstacles that exist for language learners. I want to make sure that there's, you know, as zero obstacles. Granted, zero obstacles is not really possible, but I want to get as close to zero obstacles as possible. This is why it is free. It is, there's no cost involved. You're not going to have to pay, (laughs) right? You're going to go through the different lessons. There's going to be notes. There's going to be homework. I'm going to try and get back to everybody with their homework. I'm going to, like the content is going to be available for everyone. I'm going to try and reach out and get it in different people's hands so they can use the content. I'm going to try and deliver the content better and better and better as time goes on. And it's just to try and get rid of all of those different obstacles so that someone can say, hey, I don't have money. No problem. This class is free. Oh, I don't understand something. It's really confusing. No problem. Here I am. You can reach out. I'm going to help you. I will answer your questions. You are not getting speaking practice. Oh my God, your class isn't good enough. Your audio program doesn't give you speaking practice. No worries. I'm giving you speaking homework. You're not getting listening practice. Well, tell me we can do more listening practice. I'm trying to create something where I'm trying to create a framework where no matter the obstacle, you know, we can solve them. We can, I can try and solve them and try and remove as many as possible. And I think this is something language learners should be thinking about. When you're attacking and approaching your different languages or language that you are trying to learn, you've got to think about that. What are the major obstacles that you're facing? 
And what options do you have to solve those obstacles? I think this is a healthy approach to language learning and a healthy approach to life in general. Um, by the way, if you are learning French or Spanish and you'd like to get this free class, literally just um, send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, wherever, um, at Polyglot Azarin. Actually, don't message me on Twitter. I don't use it very much. I probably won't see your message. But basically, any other social network, send me a message or go to azarinthelanguagenerd.com slash free dash classes. Again, that's azarinthelanguagenerd.com slash free dash classes. So it's A-Z or Z-R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com slash free dash classes. It's really, really good stuff. It's a project I'm immensely enjoying. And I'm considering actually doing it for other languages, such as English, like creating an English, an English class or course for Spanish speakers, English course for Mandarin speakers, English course for etc. Um, that's something French speakers. I'm considering doing that. I'm considering doing some a Mandarin free class like this as well on YouTube. It's something I think it's a really good idea. And going in a bit of a businessy direction for people who are self-employed or who are considering going into self-employment or who have worked in self-employed ventures before and maybe you can relate to this. One of the things that I believe in that is a, a very effective business strategy, at least for me personally, um, is trying to give a lot of your best stuff away for free. Or always, maybe a better way to put this, is always trying to do more and more and more and more free, high quality work as you go. I think there's good karma involved. There's good karma and creating that good karma leads to good results. So it's one of the what's one of the business practice, practices that I follow. I try and do more and more and more and more and more and more good, good stuff for other people. Um, and I know that leads to, I know that leads to positive things. I've just seen it happen. I'm now doing it for people who work for me as well, because there are more people who work for me nowadays. So there used to be just one part-time Spanish teacher. Now I have myself, that same part-time Spanish teacher continues to work for me. I also have two French teachers and I've got uh, one other Spanish teacher and I have one other English teacher who all do some part-time, very, very part-time as of right now. Everybody works pretty part-time. No one's working like full-time hours or anything, but everyone's kind of working part-time hours. And that's something that I do. Like there's people I've hired, there's, there's classes I've given them, the stuff I've given them where it's actually probably more of a financial benefit in the short term for me to not give them that class. But I choose to because I know it's going to help them earn some money. It's going to help them gain experience. They're going to, it's going to help them in the long term, which is just a good thing for me in the long term. I think when you help other people and you're doing your best to be in a place to give and help out, it just comes back to you as well. Now, being mindful, this is more of a life thing, not just business, not just, it's more of a life statement. I think where you have to be careful is even if you're giving, 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 you have to make sure that you are also in a good place. You have to make sure that you're happy. You have to make sure you're taking care of yourself. You have to make sure that you have energy, that you're not burnt out. You can't give so much where you don't have anything anymore. So myself, even though I'm doing more giving, I'm not giving all of the time. Not all of my attention is spent on giving myself to others. I do stuff that is for me. Like a great example of this, was this morning. 
I decided when I woke up, I was gonna lay in bed for an extra hour and I watched, um, or I finished watching Ip Man 2, the movie on Netflix. Um, the other day, a couple of days ago, actually, if you look at my content on social media, you've noticed I haven't posted quite as much because I wanted, I didn't really, I, I didn't have it in me to really be writing posts and doing stuff for other people. It wasn't in me, so I didn't do it, <laughs> right? Or there have been certain students where I've, I, I've told them, hey, I'm not available for the next X amount of time because I've got certain things that I'm doing in my own life, then my personal life and this and that. And that's just how it is, right? So sometimes you've got to make sure you're doing stuff for yourself. You've got to make sure you're taking care of yourself. You are not burning yourself out. You are happy. You've got to take care of yourself as well. And in that balance is where all the magic is found. I find one of the, one of the things that works for me, and this is something that um, I don't know how much of how much people talk about this. Maybe people do, and I just don't know. But one thing that I do is I try to create selflessness in selfishness. In other words, doing something for yourself that makes you happy, that fulfills you, that is good for you, that whatever. But at the same time, as a byproduct of helping other people. So I've talked about this before. It's not the first time, but a great, very meta example of this is this podcast. My podcast is people enjoy it. A lot of you listen to it now, at least for me, I'm blown away. It's like 150 people on average, 140 listens per episode. Some of them have way more than that. Like it's really, it's flattering. Like it's, I'm blown away. It's crazy how many people listen. I know people have bigger podcasts, but for me, I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Um, but the selfish is quite, but the, the, the podcast is quite selfish for me. I, you don't, I, I like, I could sit here all day and just podcast. I could do that two to three hours a day and just talk my face off. I like to talk. I like, I enjoy it. And podcasting gives me a medium to just talk and talk my face off. My whole life, I've talked my mother's ear off and she's like, oh my God, Azrin, just shut up. Like, oh my God, you're so annoying. She listens because that's what she does and whatever. But, and it's very much appreciated, but this gives me an outlet to be able to just talk, 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 talk. And people listen like, wow. So as much as you might appreciate it, you're like, oh my God, Azrin, you do so much. No, 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 it's selfish. It's a selfish thing that leads to something that's also selfless. Or another example, a business example is, I run a lot of free drop-in classes in my city. In fact, I'm doing a I'm doing the free classes right now on YouTube. It's selfless because I'm, there's, there's zero financial gain from it. There's no, there's, I don't get anything from it, but it's also super selfish because I know, not super selfish, but it also benefits me in a different way. I know that because it's free, a lot more people are going to see it. I know people are going to appreciate the work. They're going to think positively of me. It's going to get, it's going to get more awareness because it's free, which therefore means there's going to be someone who comes across the course who goes, oh wow, I like what Azrin is doing. And they're gonna hire me to make a course for them. Or they're going to say, Azrin, I really like this free course you're doing. I wanna hire you for private lessons. Or I wanna, I wanna take group lessons with you. I wanna pay you for this. Or who knows? I know that there's gonna be good stuff that comes from this selfless act. So the selflessness is driven by a selfishness. I think this is actually a very practical kind of formula to follow, which is how someone, which is how I think we can, a lot of us, we can give a lot of good stuff and do a lot of really good stuff in the world and for other people and do it in perpetuity forever. 
and not get burnt out and not get tired because we're doing things that we're selfishly liking as well. That's scratching our own selfish back and like, oh, I like this, makes me happy, but it's also helping others. So I encourage you to think about this framework in your lives. And I think it's a good life advice as a general whole. So changing gears and going in a language learning direction here, I want to talk about um, learning multiple languages at the same time. This is a reasonably common question that I get from, from people like, Azrin, should I do it? Should I not do it? Is this a good idea? And I want to share a couple of perspectives that I have on the topic because this is not a topic we've touched in a very long time. So the first thing, the number one rule, the number one golden rule that I can give you when it comes to thinking about should you learn multiple languages at once is the following. I think you should just try it. Try it. I believe in most circumstances, both language learning related and life related, both, when you're on the fence and you're in and you're undecided between two or more different options, I believe it can be a good idea to just think about it for half an hour and then try one. Commit yourself fully to one and see what happens. The problem is a lot of us, myself included by the way, I'm not anything I ever share, stuff I do myself as well. We're human, it happens to all of us, but it doesn't change the truth you will often save more time trying one option to see if you like it than you will sitting there pondering it, trying to analyze it pre-game. That's just a reality. So I would highly encourage you, if you're thinking about studying multiple languages and you're not sure if you wanna do it or not, try it, make a schedule, take some, sign up for some classes, get some programs, try it. And if suddenly you're like, ooh, I got all these study at home programs and it's not working, I don't like studying a bunch at the same time, stop. Go back to studying only one language. You can always change your mind. And the only thing you'll really lose is your time. Just make sure you don't make any major financial commitments that put you in a place where you're not happy or you're, you're stretched for cash and you don't have enough money. Don't do that. So make sure that if you're making a decision, make sure you're keeping your finances in mind. Make sure that you don't get signed up and locked into something for a very long period of time. And now suddenly you can't go back on your decision. So be smart about that. So for example, if you're like, man, I think I want to learn French, Japanese, and Italian at the same time, a bad idea, but and let's say you're unsure, a bad idea would be to go and buy plane tickets to Italy, France, and Japan. That would be a bad idea because you probably didn't have that kind of money. And now it's really difficult to change your mind or rather if you change your mind, Ooh, it's going to hurt your wallet. You're going to feel really bad about it. And yeah, or maybe you get to France like, Oh my God, I hate this. I don't want to do this, but now you're bought in because you bought the ticket and you're stuck. So be mindful of how you make the decision, but pick one, go down that path in a way where you could change your mind if you wanted to, and then see what happens. That's the number one piece of advice I could give you. The second major piece of advice I would give you is a general blanket rule to understand is if you are learning multiple languages at the same time, you will most likely progress more slowly in each languages than if you were, if you had done only one languages, only one language at once. Meaning if you only learned French and you focus all of your attention on French and not on multiple languages, you're probably going to see faster progress in French. However, if you study French, Mandarin and Japanese at once, your progress in French is going to be a little bit slower because you're dividing your attention between three separate things. Does that make sense? So that's another big piece of advice that I want to give. The third golden rule I want to give you when you are thinking about studying multiple languages is you have to think about what's going to make you happiest. 
this has actually been a funny little theme in this whole podcast of happiness and blah, 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 life things, but this is a real thing to think about. I think this is probably one of the top things. Perhaps this is actually the number one golden rule. Perhaps it's not the number three golden rule. So you have to think about it. Maybe you understand your progress will be slower by studying seven languages at the same time and bouncing around between the seven, but maybe that's what makes you happiest. I, I wrote a blog post on my Facebook page yesterday, last night, which I think is really relevant to this topic. I was saying how um, I am someone who likes to have multiple balls in the air. I like having different projects. I like the fact that I'm very, I try to be very active on every social network. I try to teach and hire teachers. I try to, right now I actually was working with a web developer on a couple of secret little projects. I like the fact that um, I'm making these free classes online. I like the fact that I make videos with easy languages. I like the fact that I'm a student on top of my full-time work. I like the fact that I like the fact that I'm busy six to seven days a week and I have a lot of stuff going on. I like it. And I understand that I'm gonna drop certain balls. And I understand that certain projects are going to move forward very slowly. There's a project I'm thinking of, which is a little bit of a secret project. Actually, who am I kidding? It's not a secret project. Let's talk about it. Roughly three, four months ago, I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna have some merchandise. People are gonna be able to buy t-shirts and mugs and this kind of stuff. I spent a lot of time into it. I invested a lot of time and I, I learned a lot about the industry and I learned about different t-shirt cotton fabric types and how to make t-shirts and what the costs are and how do you set that up and the e-commerce side on my website. And I put so much effort into it. And then I got tired of it and I was like, you know what? Oh man. So that ball is still sitting there. It's still like not ready to go. And it's been four months, four months. I'm okay with that because it makes me happy to have different balls. And I understand that certain projects are not going to advance or they're not going to work or they're not going to go out how I initially planned, but it makes me happy. So you have to think about that for languages too. Would it make you happier to study multiple languages at once or would it not? Would you be happier doing one language at a time? So that's kind of another big golden rule to think about. There's a, there's a lot of other tactical things we can get into, but I think those are the three most important things. I wanna stress those three particular things first. Everything else I say going on is nice tactics and will help you guys, but those three things are the biggest things you have to consider. So going more into tactical things when you're looking at learning multiple languages at once, um, as a general rule of thumb, what I would say is if you, you have to think about how many hours a week you are planning on putting into the language, into language learning as a whole. If that number is four hours or less, I would recommend, unless it violates one of the three golden rules we talked about, unless it violates one of those rules, I would not recommend doing multiple languages at once. Because if you're doing two languages at the same time, and you're only putting three, four hours a week into the language, languages, you're going to progress very slowly in both languages and it's going to be difficult to build up momentum. It'll be hard. And it's, it's not going to be a fun or productive learning experience. I'm going to stress, if it makes you happiest to do that, then please do so. If, it, if this, everything, as I said, everything I say moving forward, if it violates one of the three golden rules, do not listen to this, but that's something to consider. Another tactical thing you can think about is if you have one language where you have a certain level of fluency already, like let's say you speak Spanish at a decent level, I would consider, and you want to learn Mandarin, find a Mandarin teacher who will teach you Mandarin in Spanish because you will get better at Spanish and Mandarin at the same time. 
you've got to probably have a decent level in language number one, in foreign language number one, in order to be able to do that. So that is pretty important. But, um, but yeah, it's something you can definitely, definitely consider. Another thing when it comes to these multiple languages is I would think about if it is doable for you, um, if it is doable for you to use foreign language number one to take a break from foreign language number two. Let's say, for example, you are studying Mandarin and Japanese and you're getting one day, you're sitting there on a Monday, it's 6.37 p.m. You're like, oh my God, I'm so frustrated with Japanese. It's not fun. It's so hard. You could go study Mandarin to take a break from Japanese. You can do that. And that can be a really effective way you can study multiple languages at once. So there's a few different thoughts I have on this topic. Hopefully that was helpful for, for at least some of you listening to this. Um, we've been going for 20 minutes. I think this has been a long enough podcast. So thank you for your attention. I appreciate it. And we will talk very, very soon. Bye for now. Have a good day.